May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. Welcome to Parkway Fellowship. So glad that you are here today. Um, now, last week we kicked off the, this message series called Sayings of the Wise. And in this series, we're looking at a special section of the book of Proverbs. Now, the book of Proverbs was primarily written by a guy named Solomon. And the Bible says that God gave Solomon supernatural wisdom, so much so that Solomon, the Bible says, is the, was the wisest man who's ever lived, and he's the wisest man that will ever live from that point forward. So if we want to grow wise, then we should read the things that Solomon wrote. And fortunately, Solomon wrote down much of his wisdom. Now, he would have written most of it down on scrolls. And over time, those scrolls were compiled into one really big scroll, which we now know as the book of Proverbs. Now, within the book of Proverbs, there's a special section called the sayings of the wise. It's a section of 30 different Proverbs, um, and really you could kind of consider it uh, as a, like a best of section or collection. So in this series, every week we're going to look at two, maybe three of these Proverbs that are in this special section called the sayings of the wise. And we're going to talk about those, and I'm telling you, Every week, God is going to use these Proverbs to reshape our lives, which means that um, I want to share with you that I have I've found an inherent danger hidden in these Proverbs, particularly in these sayings of the wise. Um, as many of you know, I read from the book of Proverbs every single day, uh, and I have for l- several years. In fact, if you're a leader or you want to become a great leader and you want to grow wise in your leadership, I highly, highly, highly recommend that practice. But I will say this, in reading Proverbs, I've discovered an inherent danger. You see, the book of Proverbs is intensely practical. It's intensely practical. It's not very motivational. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there's no, like, really big biblical personalities. There's no stories. You know, there's no battle scenes. You know, there's no miracles. There's none of that. It's just practical advice. And so, consequently, sometimes Proverbs doesn't feel very spiritual. Now, for me, after reading the book of Proverbs primarily only reading Proverbs for several years, I noticed that I began to, I began to feel some distance in my relationship with God. And it was so subtle, I didn't even realize it for a long time. And I think it's just because, again, Proverbs is so practical, it just didn't feel very spiritual. So that emotional connection just for me was there. So you know what I did? Well, I didn't stop reading Proverbs, okay? 
because I knew I still needed God's wisdom. So what I did was I started reading other books of the Bible right alongside Proverbs. So I'm getting the practical, but I'm also getting the motivational and the, you know, kind of the inspirational stuff from other books of the Bible at the same time. And so for me, that really worked. And, it, and once I began to do that, that's when I really began to understand the framework of the book of Proverbs. See, we need to think about the book of Proverbs as a book of practical advice written from a father to his kids. And so our Heavenly Father has written this book for us, you know, through Solomon to us because he has some practical things he wants to tell us that will help us navigate life. I mean, come on, dads. I'm like, you do this all the time with your kids. You know, you tell them some practical things, and you know, I mean, you know if they will do what you're telling them to do, that their life will be better, right? I mean, you know that if they will follow your advice, that you can save them from so much heartache and so much heartbreak, because you know and you don't want that, just because it's practical, you don't want that to create emotional distance between you and your kids. In fact, you really want it to do the opposite. You want it to bring you all closer together. And you want that to happen that oh, after a period of time, you want them to come back to you and say, Dad, thank you so much for telling me about this and that because it has saved me from so much regret and, and, and trouble in my life. And that brings you emotionally closer. Well, it's the same with our Heavenly Father. He wants to do the same with you. And so he's given us this book of Proverbs because he wants to save you in this life from so much heartache, from so much heartbreak. And it's designed not to create emotional distance, but to make you emotionally closer. Now for me, I still read other books of the Bible right alongside the book of Proverbs. It just helps me. So if that works for you, that's fine too. But it's all about remaining more connected to the Lord. And since we're talking about being connected to the Lord, um, <clears throat> there is another key practice here at Parkway Fellowship that I, that I realize has the capacity to actually draw us farther away from God instead of closer to God. Now that key practice is the next steps we take at the end of each message. Because, you know, right now, we've been calling these, you know, my next steps. And essentially, we're saying, hey, these are things that I'm going to do, and they're very practical things. But the problem is, is by phrasing them as my next steps, it can, it can kind of come across as, hey, this is what I'm going to do in my own strength to make my life better instead of saying, okay, God, this is what I want you to do in me and through me, and I'm leaning into you so that that can happen. So you know what? We're going to make a change. And, you know, if you find something that can, you know, maybe, you know, force people to depend more on themselves and less on God, you ought to change that. So we're going to change that. So what we're going to do is at the end of each message, instead of talking about these things in terms of like my next steps, we're going to talk about this in more in terms of I'm asking God to blah, 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 blah. Now, they're still going to be very practical, but we're going to, instead of coming at it from the angle of this is what I'm going to do for God, 
We're going to come at it with the angle of, this is what I'm asking God to do in me. Does that make sense? And by the way, that's not just a change for today. That's a change from like this point going forward because we want to depend more on God. So go ahead and find your message notes. Let's start today by asking this question. What is God saying to me through these sayings of the wise? What's God saying to me? Well, here's saying number five. This is the fifth of the 30 sayings. Saying number five is this, is that I need to develop my skills and trust God to develop my career. I need to develop my skills and trust God to develop my career. Saying number five is this verse. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Proverbs 22, 29. All right, this fifth saying of the wise is pretty straightforward, right? You know, bottom line, if you're good at what you do, you'll be promoted and serve at the highest levels. You won't labor in obscurity forever because you're good at what you do. Now, truth is, I don't really need a verse to tell me that. Like, I already understand this to be true. So, why does this verse even make the top 30? It's because this verse can save you so much frustration in your career. See, one of the most frustrating things about the workplace is when people get promoted for something that has nothing to do with their skill. And we've all seen that. We've seen people get promoted for all kinds of reasons. You know, maybe, you know, they're a family member of one of the, of, of the boss or the supervisor or a district manager or something like that. Or, you know, maybe they've kissed up to all the right people along the way. Or maybe, you know, they had some a great initial success and kind of rode that wave of success to the next promotion. Or maybe they're just really good at working office politics and making that work to their advantage. Or maybe, maybe the boss just likes them because they've just got this great engaging personality. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why people get promoted that have nothing to do with their skill. Nothing. But see, this verse can save you from frustration that comes from that. Because here's the thing. Even if you get passed over for a promotion, even if you get passed over for a recognition, you know, because, you know, so-and-so was dating the boss's daughter or whatever, God is clear. He says, if you continue to improve your skill, you will serve at a high level. You will serve before kings one day. You won't labor in obscurity for long. Because see, here's the thing. Eventually, somebody's going to notice if you're skilled at what you do, somebody is going to notice. It, it might be your boss, or it might be a competitor, or it might be someone that someone else in your office is networking with, and your name just simply comes up in a conversation. I mean, look, here's the thing. You never know what God is going to do, right? But if you, if you will work on your skills, you don't have to be frustrated, okay? You just have to be patient. You don't have to be frustrated. You just got to be patient. Because if you're skilled in what you do, you will serve before kings, not before low-ranking people. That's what God says will come to pass. Here's the thing. God gave you the raw talents you have. Now it's up to you to go and develop them. 
He's given them to you, so now he expects you to go develop, the, develop them. And look, and don't think that just because someone has 20 years of experience, that that means that they have developed their skills. No, no, look, I know plenty of people, they've been doing mediocre work for decades. Just because someone's been doing something for a long time doesn't necessarily mean they've improved their skills. It might mean they've just become more entrenched at being mediocre. So you can't let that be you. You have to improve your skills. So let me ask you, what are you doing to improve your skills? What are you doing to improve the raw skills that God has given you? Do you consistently ask other people to give you feedback? Do you listen to podcasts or TED Talks by people who are smarter than you in your area? Do you read books about your field? Do you go to conferences or trainings or you know, get some coaching and then afterwards you debrief about what you've learned and identify some key takeaways? I mean, do you do those sorts of things? Would you begin to ask God to show you how to develop your skills? And then, would you ask God to use those skills that have been developed so that he could then develop your career? You see, that's how wise people handle their careers. They work on the things that they can control developing their own skills. But the things that they can't control, like being promoted or being advanced, they give that to God. And they let God take care of that. You see, here's the thing. God has given you the raw talent, the raw skills that you have. And so God now expects you to develop those things. See? And when you develop those things, that is essentially you giving your talent back to God. And then when you do, you give God much more to work with to develop your career. So if you just sit back and you do nothing, you're like, okay, God, I'm asking you, go ahead and advance my career, but I'm not going to develop any of my skills. I'm not going to develop that raw talent that you gave me. I'm not doing any of that, but I'm praying hard that you're going to advance my career. God's not going to do that. That's not how it works. God has already told you that he wants you to develop your skills. And if you don't develop your skills, you're kidding yourself if, you're, if God's going to advance your career. Because that's not how it works. That's not how wise people handle their careers. They develop their skills so that they can give God more to work with to develop their career. Does that make sense? See, this is why it's so important that you trust God. See, look. God is the one who can steer your career path. God is the one who can open the eyes of your boss or of a competitor or of a supervisor or a district manager or whoever is in charge. God can open doors that you didn't even know existed. But you have to trust him. And you've got to depend on him. Now look, that doesn't mean that you just sit back and do nothing. It doesn't mean that you don't apply for jobs or throw your hat in the ring for a promotion. No, you go ahead and do that. But in the end, you essentially are putting the matter in God's hands. And you're trusting his timing and his ability to develop your career as you improve your skills. See, trusting God is what separates this from just you know, good advice. Okay, good advice depends all on you. But God is asking you to depend 
all on him. And depending on God starts by depending on him through asking his son, Jesus Christ, to come into your life, to forgive you for everything you've ever done and committed your life to following him. It, that, that's the first step to depending on God. So let me ask you, have you ever done that? Have you ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you for everything you've ever done and then pledge your life to following him from that point? That's how you become a Christ follower. That's how you become a Christian. If you've never done that before, there's a sample prayer. It's at the bottom of your message notes. It's on the back. If you've never prayed that prayer, I'm going to give you a chance to pray it when we get to the end of the message today. But look, if, if you've never prayed that prayer before, you're depending all on you, even for your eternity. Everything at that point is in your hands. None of it's in God's hands. So that's the first step you've got to take. And so you give him your heart, you give him your life, and then you also start to obey what he says and start developing your skills and then I'll depend on him to develop your career. Does that make sense? Okay. Saying number seven. Saying number seven is this. Don't trade my unique role for money. God says, hey, don't trade my unique role for money. This comes from this particular saying of the wise. This is saying number seven, which it says this. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast but a glance at riches and they're gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Now, many of us have heard you know, this kind of talk before. You know, basically it says, hey, don't get consumed with money. You know, there's more important things in life than money. Um, money doesn't solve all your problems. You know, that kind of thing. But here's the deal. So many people in life still live their lives like money is everything. Like it's everything. And pursue, And here's the thing. Pursuing money is not wrong. Okay? God does not say that pursuing money is not wrong, nor does God say that money in and of itself is evil. God never says that. But what God does say here is that if you wear yourself out to pursue money, you have made a huge mistake. Now you might think that you know, you're being all clever because I've done what it takes to provide for my family financially so that my family will never have to worry about money ever again. Well, you know what? Even if that comes to pass, I'm not saying it will, but even if that happens, God says, you still made a huge mistake. Why? Because money's temporary. I mean, it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. It flies off like wings like an eagle. And if you have worn yourself out to get more money, you essentially have traded time that you could have spent in your unique role. You've traded that time for time spent just making more money. Which begs the question, what is my unique role? What unique roles do I have in life that only I have? Well, 
guys, you're the only one that is the dad to your son or to your daughter. Gals, you're the only one that is the mom to your kids. Nobody else in this life is that person. That is a role that is unique to you. And only you can fulfill that role. And so, if you trade time as a mom or a dad, if you trade that time just to go make more money, the Bible says you've made a bad trade. Now look, I'm not saying that both parents can't work, okay? I have a career and my wife, Amy, has a career. So, but here's the thing. When we're at work, man, I'm telling you, we're all at work. But when we're at home, we're all at home. We don't trade time spent as a mom or a dad just to work a little bit more or to make a little bit more or to have a little bit more. Because we realize that God says, that's a bad trade. Because let's face it, here's the deal. Like, that job, that role, that title, you know, that position at your company that you think that only you can do, here's the thing. Someday, somebody else is going to do that job. It's not going to be you. Someday, somebody else is going to sit in your chair. They're going to answer your phone. Their name is going to be on the door. They're going to be in your role doing your job. It's not going to be you. And I know that you think that you're so indispensable to your company, but I'm telling you, six months after you're gone, barely anybody's even going to remember that you were there. I know you're like, well, this is great, Pastor Mike, thanks. This is so encouraging. (laughs) I'm just being honest. They're going to forget you, and the company's going to roll on. But here's the thing. Your kids won't forget your kids will remember. Even after they're gone, they will remember you and the role that you played in their life. Now here's the thing. They're not gonna remember the stuff that you purchased for them. That's not what they're gonna remember. They're not gonna remember the square footage of of your house any more than you remember the square footage of the house that you grew up in. That's not the kind of stuff that kids remember. What they'll remember is lessons that you taught them. They'll remember their interactions with you. They'll remember the memories that you made together. They'll remember the times that you showed up at their, you know, whatever event. They'll remember those kinds of things. And look, here's the thing. Unique roles in life are not just limited to moms and dads. Okay? Everybody has a unique role to play. If you're a a student or a collegian, or a young single, or a married couple that don't have kids, you have unique roles to play in your family too. And so you need to think about, what is my unique role in my family in relation to my parents, in relation to my nieces and my nephews, in relation to my brother and sisters, in relation to my grandparents, and if you're married, in relationship to each other as a husband and wife. I'm telling you, you have multiple unique roles that God has entrusted just you with. And so don't trade time in that unique role just to go make more money. 
God says, that's a bad trade. I mean, now look, I know that sometimes stuff has to get done just because there's deadlines, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about exceptions. There's always exceptions. I'm talking about as a general rule, don't wear yourself out to get rich because when you do, you trade that unique role that God has given you just to go make more. Now, this also applies to like your unique, your, your unique role as a husband or a wife. Only you are the spouse to your spouse. And maybe you're sitting here and you realize, you know what, my devotion to my work in the past directly led to the collapse of a previous marriage. If that's you, listen, get out from under the guilt, okay? It's in the past. And, and the good news is, is that it's in the past. And so for you, all you can do from this point forward is rewrite the future of who you are going to be. And so make a commitment to follow what God says. So look, how do wise people handle riches? Man, they work hard. And look, and I'm all for working hard, and God is all for working hard. But wise people, they work hard, but they don't wear themselves out to get rich. Because they realize that if they trade time spent in their unique role just to go make more money, then they've made a bad trade. And so they don't do that. Look, as we wrap up this morning, look, here's the thing. Don't do any of this stuff without God. To leave God out of the mix in your life, it, it, that misses the point of the entire book of Proverbs. Okay, look, this stuff, this isn't just good advice. Okay, this is your heavenly Father who loves you tremendously, has given you this practical advice because he wants the best for your life. He wants to save you from heartbreak and heartache. And so he's written this stuff to you because he loves you. And so he's saying, look, I want you to work on developing the raw skills and talents that I gave you. You develop those and you trust me to develop your career in the right time. You don't wear yourself out to get rich. Instead, make sure you have appropriate boundaries and you spend time in their unique roles that I have trusted you with, and I'll take care of all the rest of that stuff. You don't have to worry about it. Because I love you. And I have great things planned for you and for your family. So listen, listen to the wise advice of your heavenly Father because he has your best interest at heart. So, I want you to find your connection card and let's make some commitments to ask God to do some pretty big things in our lives. Maybe it's this first one. God, I'm asking you to forgive me as I commit to follow Jesus for the first time in my life. If you've never become a Christ follower, and you're ready to pray that prayer for the first time, you've never prayed it before, you're ready to pray it for the first time, I want you to check this box, I'm gonna give you a chance to pray that prayer when we get to the end of these, of these uh, commitments here. Number two, God, I'm asking you to show me the best ways to develop my skills. Would you pray that prayer and ask God to show you those ways to develop your skills?
Maybe it's this next one. God, I'm asking you to, number three, develop my career path as you see fit in your timing. Would you give your career to God? Number four, God, I'm asking you to help me back off my work commitments to spend more time in my unique roles. Would you do that? Next, God, I'm asking you to maximize my time spent in my unique roles. Man, moms and dads, do you ever feel like, you know, like you work and work and work with your kids for like multiple weeks and you're like, you just feel like you're never getting anywhere? I mean, is that just me? Uh, it happens. And so you know what? I think we're praying and saying, God, I'm asking you that the time I'm spending in my unique role, would you fully leverage it so that I and my family get the most out of it? Would you pray that? Number six, as I commit to meet with my spring small group over the summer, help me grow spiritually. So if you met with a small group in the spring and you're ready to continue with that small group in the summer, check, take this, uh, number six, or take number seven, which is more of a logistical one, sign me up for the on-campus small group experience. So if you weren't in a small group in the spring or you've needed to change small groups, sign up for an on-campus small group for this summer you can actually sign up out at a kiosk today, or you can check this box, or both. And then we will email you an RSVP and the specific details about that small group, okay? So I'm going to give you a chance to pray and ask God to help you with these commitments. So right now, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes, and if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to do that. Heavenly Father, I come to you. I first want to say thank you for how intensely practical Proverbs is, but yet how deeply insightful it is too. And that you use it to actually draw us closer to yourself. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide us in developing our careers as we offer back to you our skills. And Lord, that you would help us to not waste our time in the unique roles that you've trusted us and that we would not trade that time for just making more money. And so we trust you with all of it and ask that you would bring us back next week so we can hear more sayings of the wise and ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.